Hey everyone, and welcome back to Citywide Blackout. Your home for music, movies, and more. I'm your host, Max Bowen, and it's a musical playground for this episode. Jordan Jones opens the show with a deep dive into his new singles, Break My Heart and Stumble. These songs represent a shift in his lengthy career, and we talk about past projects and what led to his new style, a more pop soul flow. Jordan and I go into the music business and what he's learned over the years. We talk about different ways to monetize music and the ideas he's been considering. Joining me now, he is no stranger to music, but is going in a brand new direction. A Canadian artist, Jordan Jones, joins me. Jordan, man, welcome to the show. It's cool to have you here. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. All right. Of course, man. Of course. All right. So... So you're definitely not a newcomer to music. You've worked in a number of uh, different projects, different bands over the years. But this time you're doing something new. You're uh, doing like a solo project. You have released uh, two singles, Break My Heart and Stumble. One thing I'm wondering is like what happened that just said, okay, I'm going to go in this direction for like the new project. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting, whatever. it was a very natural progression. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't start really taking music seriously until I was about 26. I was in a punk ska band when I was, you know, 20, but, um, but I didn't really start taking, I didn't play guitar. I was just, it was for fun. We were like a garage band, played a couple, played a couple shows, but we didn't last very long. Um, didn't touch music for a while, uh, for probably about five years. And then at 26, I blew a disc in my neck. I'm going to go, I'm going to take the long story because why not? Um, <laughs> then, uh, so I blew a disc in my neck snowboarding when I was 26. My buddy, I had nothing to do. I was so bored sitting at home. And my buddy lent me his acoustic guitar and I just sat with it pretty steady. For the first month, I, I didn't want to give it back. After a month, he was like, dude, I need my guitar back. And I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to go get one. So I went and because I was starting to write, I was just playing around. And then I started to write um, and I was doing, I, I ended up instantly uh, going on tour by accident. I had a band that came through Edmonton that asked, because I had a MySpace at that time. So they checked out my MySpace and uh, they were like, hey man, do you want to come open for us? Our drummer, they were a rock band from Toronto. They're like, our drummer can't make it, so we have to kind of change our setup. So it's, we're going to put it on an acoustic set. Do you want to come open? Um, I said, sure. I had never played like a real show before. And, and that was solo. So that was solo, but it was, it was really singer-songwriter acoustic stuff. And I was just starting to understand what writing was really about. You know, like I was just touching, you know, the, the idea. Uh, we played the show. I was not working at the time. So they were like, dude, you want to jump on the tour with us? We'll just give you some of your time slots. And I was like, fuck yeah, there, bud. <laughs> I'll be Canadian throughout this. Um, uh, yeah. So I jumped on tour, uh, did that for a hot minute. And then I, I got bored uh, of doing the acoustic stuff. I naturally got into um, a band. So it was actually the to hang out with a bunch of buddies and play a show. It was never meant to be a project. It was a project called the Blackstone and it started off acoustically. So for the most, most part, we had two guitarists. Um, and then we had like a, uh, actually we had three guitars. We had three acoustic guitars and then just some dude like, you know, doing some percussion. Right. 
And we hadn't practiced together before we played the show. We were all seasoned enough to like be able to kind of wing it, you know, and just, just jam. Like it wasn't an insane thing. Um, and it progressively from that idea, we just were like, Hey, that was fun. Let's do it again. Progressively over about a year, we went from this soft acoustic kind of band with a lot of slide guitar and heavy blues influence and that kind of stuff. I'm a big blues guy. Um, and it went from, from that to this like party rock band with a ton of slide guitar though. So it wasn't your typical blues rock band. It was, it was a really interesting, we just ended up being like hard party rock at the end. Like I became, we added another, uh, so then we added a drummer, like we added a full drummer and then a, um, a bassist. And once the, once that happened, we just kind of exploded kind of in, in our sound, we found our sound and it was just this super aggressive, fun, um, music with stories to tell. And I, I honestly played, I was lead guitarist in that project. So I didn't do a ton of vocals. I did backup vocals, gang vocals, that kind of stuff. And I, and it, that was on purpose. I wanted to learn that role and see what it was to kind of sit back. It's, it's still lead, but I wanted to sit back because there's three guitarists and a, playing lead guitar in a, in a band with three guitars. To me, the lead, you really actually got to find the pocket and play only i swear i i always i always played more than four notes but i i always say i played like four notes that whole time in that whole project because it was like what else am i gonna add like it's all about adding those accents and just little sounds and sometimes screaming so <laughs> so it was good um from there i try i got i, I tried uh I, I worked with a band some another group of people approached me to be uh the vocalist in a pop rock project it was purely an idea and at that point I was just stretching I was just playing around with sounds and seeing what I wanted to really get into because I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do in my solo career right um so from there man uh we ended up recording we went down to LA for a month recorded our album wrote and recorded down there had some fairly like half decent that, that band was called the marquee um on paper it was really good uh our shows were were super fun high energy you know stuff like that but it still wasn't quite the sound that I was I didn't it was more of like a, a fun project but it wasn't something that I that my soul and my heart was into you know and I was so I was in the Blackstone and the Marquee at the and that full-time and had a full-time job and a girlfriend so I kind of burned out, right? Like I, something had to give, I was doing a lot. Um, so I actually put music aside. I just, I, I ended up moving to Nashville. It's funny. I moved to Nashville. I quit music and moved to Nashville. <laughs> it's like, usually the opposite actually. Yeah. Who does that? <laughs> like I played the odd show while I was there, but I wasn't really like, it was straight up hard hobby. Like I, I almost barely picked up guitar and like, I, I, it's like, I wanted to fall back. I needed, I needed a moment to fall back in love with music and figure it out. That's it. So, and it was that simple. I was just kind of, I was overwhelmed. So when I got, and in the meantime, like, so when I got back into it, I'm like, you know, when I was, when I was a teenager, I was into punk, like hard punk. So my teenage angstiness was like, fuck pop, pop sucks. Right. 
Um, but I've I've grown to the point where I love pop, pop and R and B, and I liked it when I was younger. So I grew up listening to a lot of uh, like pop, R and B, jazz, soul, that kind of stuff. Like that was what was playing in the in the house a lot. Um, but of course, you do your own thing when you're in your teens. And then that progressively, I kind of got stuck there for a hot minute. And I kind of, once I started falling back in love with music, man, I was listening to pop music all the time. I was listening to R&B and hip hop all the time. Um, And country, because my girlfriend at the time was a country artist. But that's, yeah. So uh, I just kind of fell in love with pop and R&B. And that's what brought me to it. I was like, when I got into the project, I feel like pop, I have the flexibility to pull from every genre that I've played in and learn from, but have that home base of like a pop. I mean, my vote, like vocally I've learned and I've progressed substantially, right. From where I have, where I was when I was 26 to now I've progressed substantially when it comes to vocals, purely because I'm always singing and it, and depending on what I'm singing to, I'm learning how to use that part of my voice. So I just, it was a natural progression. I just kind of fell in love with that. I, I love vibes. And so that's where that R&B influence will come in. And then I love catchy melodies. I love it. And I love the idea of like having that, that low end with, a, with, a, with that top end, like that high top end coming over and using that as the base structure of, of how to build my tracks. And then from there, we just, we just fill in the blanks. Everything else is sugar, right? Like, so that's how I got into pop. Long story. (laughs) (laughs) As us, as, um, a better man than I once said, long story short, too late. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So it sounds like musically, you kind of like tasted everything. You did uh, the punk rock phase. You did the ska phase, you did the rock, you had the R&B phase. And now you're back to more like pop and like R&B style. Do you think like this yeah. is kind of like like it for you in terms of like changing lanes or are you still kind of testing some waters? I would say this is it for me. This is something that I've been, this is a project I've, I've thought about and, and planned for probably five years. Wow. Very cool. Man. So yeah, I, this is something I've waited, like break my heart. I recorded that. I started recording that in 2020. I sat on that track for a year to wait to release it this year. Wow. What happened the, uh, the, uh, that you wound up waiting? I'm an indie artist. So financially, looking at it from a, from a business perspective, I wanted to be able to, I wasn't financially in the place at that time to be able to follow the tracks up quickly. So I wanted to build a brand. I want to build a brand as quickly as I possibly can without hurting the wallet too hard. I mean, I'm at the point where it doesn't matter. I've, I'm committed now. So we're, we were there, you know, but that first track, I needed to honestly get my finances in order so that I can continuously kind of put out tracks this year. So that the idea is to, to put out single after single um, for this year and then come out with repackage and have a couple extra tracks and uh, release the EP probably in January. Oh, cool. January, February. Nice. Man. So, yeah. You talk about uh, building the brand, and this sounds like a brand new Jordan Jones. How do you kind of create this new like version of yourself, especially where musically you have been in so many different places kind of over the years? 
how do I build a brand? That's it. That's an interesting thing. Cause like, I guess I've learned. It's funny. You know what? Some of my best friends will say that I've known for years will say, I've always done that. So like one day I'll listen to punk. I'll give you into punk. I'll be into it hard. I'll look it. I'll dress it. I'll be it. And then for example, uh, in high school, I was hard punk. And then I went to Toronto or to Ottawa, actually, to go visit some family in Ottawa. I came back full tracksuit, listened to Jay-Z, got some kicks. Like, <laughs> So that's always been my thing. Like, But I'm, I'm 40. I'm in my 40s now. I'm at the point where I've tried kind of every avenue. And I know who I am now. You know, like I've figured out what I want. I wouldn't have started this project had I not had a very, very clear vision as what to where I want to go. So when it comes to building that brand, I've been around it enough. And I think naturally the brand is coming out because I've found a balance between everything, Mm -hmm. you know? I definitely hear that in both of the songs. You sound very, very confident. You sound very kind of practiced, like like you've been doing this your whole career, even though you haven't been. But this definitely sounds like this is where you're comfortable. Yeah, it is where I'm comfortable. It's and it's weird because I've I I think maybe I was always naturally, you know, supposed to go this direction, but I didn't have the balls to pull the trigger on it. It's easy to and like no 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 nothing for blues or anything because i'm a huge blues fan I, I dig 1930s delta blues blues for me is very easy to sing rock is very you know rock all that in that genre is all very easy to sing i find with pop music it's fuck it fucking takes some work for me and i think that's what intrigues me about it is that it's not easy it's not easy to write that catchy hook it's not easy to sing at that high high level (laughs) all the time right so it is pushing and it's constantly learning and and understanding like these interesting melody changes and that kind of fun stuff and I think that's what you know what gravitated me to pop okay all right I like to ask a bit about the stories behind break my heart and stumble your two singles out now what's kind of the story behind each of the songs okay so break my heart both real real uh real songs mm-hmm. <laughs> break my heart uh, very yeah especially the first one um break my heart was about my 10-year relationship ending uh we were a month away from our wedding and it went sour really f- quickly um so it was a huge surprise um that one was a hard one because we were together for 10 years um you know i caught her talking to another dude she ended up marrying that guy getting engaged eight months after we broke up and marrying within I think it was like 14 months or something like that and they're both country musicians so it made ET Canada so I I couldn't even hide from it right like I couldn't I didn't get a chance to be able to shut my shit out and not have it still penetrate my reality that one was like break my heart is a very true story song man like it put me in a funk i was in a funk after that i i had i didn't know what to do i was i was drinking a ton um i was doing a lot of shit i shouldn't have been doing and uh i got to the point man like you know thoughts of like suicide were hard there like it was very real you know but i still remember you know a moment 
where I woke up in the morning, I was really, really trying to get out of my funk, but I was, I was devastated. I was truly devastated. And uh, I remember one moment in the morning, I was like, either going to, you're going to end it or you're going to go for it, you know, to myself. I was like, I mean, you're going to, this is, there's no point. Or I'm just going to go and live life as best as I possibly can. And it was that moment that actually made me decide to start playing music again in that moment, because it was music originally that's uh, music's always been a religion for me. So it, it helped. So I just started writing and that song came out pretty quickly. So yeah, it's, it's, it's about my 10 year relationship going bad, you know, a month away from the wedding, calling it off. I lost 26 grand from that but it wasn't about the money at that point it was about living so that to me was that was kind of like my letter and it's like a it was like my goodbye it's my getting comfortable with the new what's going on saying my truth like speaking my truth because I never felt like I, I, I was able to speak my truth through that experience I was just in the background I mean all my friends were like man I feel like you're in a reality show we get to see it and I'm the brunt of the joke. That's what it kind of felt like in the moment. That's where it felt to me. So I had to write it out and get my truth out because I, I'm, I'm someone that always tries not to speak badly on anyone. And I and um, so this one, I was kind of more of a letter to make sure that at least I said my truths and I can get it out and I can move past it. Big thing is moving past it. I did a ton of person. It took two years of me, like hard personal development to get to the point where I could look in the mirror and be like, go get it. But it was though it was those like hard, hard low moments that gave me the confidence to sing what I'm singing right now. Cause if I'm not pushing, if I'm not chasing, what's the fucking point? You know, like there's, if I'm not living and pushing and pushing and pushing, then there's no point in living. And that's what it was to me. So I just started chasing my fucking dreams again at 38 or 39. Right. Like, which is not normal, but at the same time, I was like, whatever, it's a hobby. And if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it hard and I'm going to do it to the caliber that I truly feel that I can, you know, and I'm still learning. I'm constantly learning. And that's what I like about this. So that's what stumble is. You know, you go into stumble and stumble and break my heart are totally different. Like they're, they're both pop, but they're totally different. And I wanted to stumbles about my, the new relationship, my new relationship, my partner. She's fucking amazing. Um, I actually have another song coming out in two months. I believe tentatively it should be out June 10th um, called Flawless. It's also about her. So uh, stumble is about getting into a new relationship and and knowing and after doing like a bunch of personal development trying to figure my shit out trying to get in the right headspace and obviously I don't want to get into another relationship and be I don't want it to you know I don't want to I'm going into it with the intent to have a successful relationship and communication obviously is like super super important in any relationship so that's kind of what stumble is about it's it's about being in a new relationship and it's about having that the ability to have open conversation you know, call me out on my bullshit, but don't give up without at least calling me out and getting a chance to like, let's hash it out. And that's both from both people, right? Like relationships and building a relationship is something that 
takes a ton of communication and, and, and commitment on both sides. And I felt like I needed that. And that's what stumble is about because I didn't necessarily have that in, in my 10 year relationship. We had great communication, but it wasn't the right communication, right? It wasn't the hard conversations that you need to have in order to level up together. And so it's like putting your ego aside and just being like, you know, if I stumble, let me know. That's what that, that's what stumbles about, you know, ultimately and being in love and, and being in a new relationship. Flawless is about just the next one's about being in love and fucking all day. <laughs> Honestly, I'm pretty excited to share it. It's, it's a fun track. It's very honest of you. I like that. I like that. Um, do you feel like you're a different person between these two songs, Break My Heart and Stumble? hundred percent. Yes. I think you can, I think, and what I've heard from others is actually feeling and hearing the progression, you know, that I've made from being super down to being in a pretty darn good place, you know? And I think that's what's cool about music in general. And, and you can, you know, you get a chance to actually, especially when you're writing about your shit, um, and trying to be vulnerable. The big thing is being vulnerable. Uh, so I, I, I think for sure there's 100% of progression. I, I hope that comes across when a listener is listening to it that, oh, shit, he's actually hard progressed to get to this point. You know, because whatever I'm doing, I'm genuinely doing and being in the moment. That's the goal. So, and I, and I hope that my music or my songs reflect that genuine moment that I'm trying to capture in that time where I'm at there and then so like in 10 years I should be writing about something totally different you know like 100% there should be that natural lyrical progression and sounds most likely I mean I get bored easily so I think ADD kid man but but that's where I think you know I'm, I'm you know that's where I believe like where pop music has allowed me to kind of give that that hub and kind of capture little moments and I think pop music has progressed to the point where you can capture different sounds and different elements from genres like large amount like all the genres so I just wanted to be able to have that flexibility. Do you feel like this version of you musically speaking is a more honest and authentic version? than the version of you that was in the bands in the past? I would say yes, like 100% yes, because this is me. This is all me. Uh, the marquee was more of like, a, I'm going to try something out. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, it wasn't on my heart, my soul wasn't into it. I had a ton of fun while I was in it, but it wasn't the project that sh sh like shook me. Um, the Blackstone was genuinely who I was at that moment, 100%. The Blackstone was, I'm still brothers with them. They're still my brothers. You know, we still hang out. I still go for beers. We still, you know, spend time together and support each other, you know, in the projects that we are doing. Um, we've all gone totally separate ways. So some is like hard, heavy metal and <laughs> others 8-bit uh, arcade game music, you know, like, so, because I have a, one, of, one of the guys, the drummer, he was a writer. Oh, cool. And, uh, so, so he likes to kind of get into some, some interesting stuff. He's talented, fucking super talented guy. Um, but yeah, I would say genuinely, again, it's genuine, I'd say, but it's, this is, this is who I am now. And this is, this is well thought out and patiently waiting to finally get to this point where I can share 
my passion again, mm-hmm. you know, for me. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of uh, sharing your passion, um, I saw on your um, Instagram, you were talking about like shows in the past, about like going on tour. And obviously this is something that a lot of musicians are really planning. Again, you know, COVID is down. People, uh, places are like, are like opening up and doing a tour is a lot more realistic than it was say a year ago. Is this something that you're kind of working on right now or is the focus more on just building up the music? Uh, Focus up this year for me. So the plan for me is to build to build the music this year, build the way to, so that I can monetize, so that I can capitalize on touring, right? So touring is about pushing everything else too and making and actually making money <laughs> nowadays. Uh, so I'm just, I'm putting in some time and work in, in the investment and I'm like at the end, I'll, I'll, I am going to be, not going to be, but I am planning a tour for next year, a couple mini tours, um, we can take all the data and figure out, like, I want to come down to the States, you know, and, and hit little areas of the States. Canada is an interesting place to tour. You either have to do West or East because there's not a whole lot going on in the middle. Like there's as a like venues, right? So the venues are pretty slim in the middle of Canada. So those are kind of like you, Winnipeg's got a good scene. Um, but honestly, that's kind of, it <laughs> for scenes i mean i don't know I, it's whatever it's kind of the like, same way here actually too because like the east coast has a great scene of course you have boston philly everything in between the west coast you've got you know la and everything there middle you got some stuff of course you just you got, fill in the blanks. yeah it's like you're filling in the blanks right exactly so it's not exactly. awesome it's just not as much going on yeah right yeah so that's the plan is this year just to keep pushing music and focus on music. It's, it's trying to find that work life balance because I'm an indie artist because I have a full-time job and I have a family. So, you know, I have a nine-year-old stepdaughter. So like planning a tour is, is definitely something that I, I have to execute properly so that I can still have my nine to five, go do my tour and have it so that my family doesn't want to leave me. So <laughs> <laughs> very key, very key. I would say, I would say, take your stepdaughter, have her work the merch table. Everyone will buy from her because be like, oh, she's yeah, so cute. Exactly. Here's or my money. Would. We sell the crap out of everything for sure. Absolutely, yeah, it's marketing, man. It's all about the marketing, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the adorable like merch kid. Everyone will be like, oh, you're so cute. Here's my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's my money. She's. <laughs> As long as she's guaranteed, as long as she gets to take a percentage, you know, like she'll take a percentage. Yeah. But I'm cool with it. Got to give her a cut. Come on, you know. You can't... Yeah. yeah got to get everyone got to get their cut, man. Exactly. Given that you have so much on your plate, though, with like the job and the family, does this mean that music is unlikely to become like a full time job for you? No, this is actually my goal. My oh, goal is cool. to. Yeah, my goal is to really push it to become so that I can put um, my nine to five aside. Um, and that's why I think I've kind of waited on everything so that I can, so it's not, so I want to execute it as best as possible. That's the, but you know, it's, it's such a, a, an insane industry, but, uh, you can only be as smart as you, like, I'll be as smart as I possibly can with the, the releases and the projections and the planning. I mean, I've got enough business background now that I'm just trying to use all of the knowledge that I've learned, you know, and I've, and being down in Nashville and still, though I wasn't playing, I was very much in the scene because my, 
girlfriend at the time was. So we are, I've always been around the scene regardless of what I'm doing or not. So just learning like what works, paying attention, paying attention. Cause she was signed, right? She had a pub, she has a pub deal and a record deal. So I was around that. Um, so I got to see kind of like the progression and, and what worked, what didn't, you know, and now, I mean, it's, again, if you're not being, if you're not thinking outside of the box, like I always want to progress and kind of push the limits, but think of it from a business perspective. And I think that's one of the downfalls that a lot of artists, you know, we get caught. I, I'm guilty for it. I'm guilty of it when I was younger. I get caught. I just want to be an artist and I just want to make the music and everything else will come. It's not how it works, especially nowadays. So attacking this project with a business smarts, you know, a business plan, like a five-year, actual five-year plan, an actual three-year plan um, is, is what my plan is so that I can step away from my nine to five. Yeah. So I would say, and I, and I say this a lot, anyone who is expecting that they'll just, you know, like make it big someday, that it'll, that it'll just like magically happen. Never going to happen. Yeah, You've got to uh, have a plan. Especially yeah. these days, because it's become so hard to like monetize music. It's so damn yeah. hard these days. You either have to have the business mindset or work with someone who does. Because yeah, exactly. the illusion of some label calling you and saying, hey, here's like six figures, never going to happen. You'll be waiting forever mm-hmm. for that one. You'll like die waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to work. Like nowadays, we all, I mean, it's always been that way, but it's even more now than ever. Because everything is so accessible, man. Like, it's so easy to put your shit out. So there's a ton of talent out there. And what what happens is the talent that are willing to work all, work your ass off, put your whole you into it, that's what's going to help. You know, you'd still never know. But, you know, that's that'll give, uh, to me, in, I feel that'll give me an edge because, man, this is... I said it before, it's a religion. And, and when I when I made the decision, I'm an all-in and all-out with a lot of stuff. Not everything, I guess, I've been told. <laughs> but <laughs> I try to be all-in or all-out. Like, if I'm doing it, I'm doing it. If I'm not, I'm not. And that's what it was when I started this project. The intent is to get it so that I can do it because I want, I want to do it for a living. You know? Um, but it's going to take a ton of work. I've sat on the, in, you know, in the back seat with other projects in the past because I really didn't, I didn't have, because I didn't fully believe in the project probably. Like I enjoyed myself with the Blackstone. I totally enjoyed myself. Did I believe that they're a band, we were a band that could just make it? No, but I, it was pure joy. It was like when I'm on stage, it was nothing but like, I want being in the moment and having the biggest smile and having all the fun. Um, and I want it all at this point, you know, go back to either I do it or I don't, I'm going to live or I'm going to die. If I'm going to live, I'm going to live and I'm going to push it. So that's where I'm at. Right. I like it. I like it a lot. Given that you already have a pretty strong history working with, with like other bands, like this gives you an edge when it comes to getting your name out there and being like recognized or, or is that just like the past? Is it that totally separate from what you're doing now? It can help because I've made connections, but realistically, not really, hmm. you know, realistically, if I was to think that uh, I don't have to work as hard because I've already worked hard in the past, 
if I thought that, I, I, there's no way that I'd be talking to you right now. Right? So, um, no. I would say it can, the idea of it can, because I just know a bunch more people just from hanging out with a bunch of people and playing shows and doing stuff. But at the same time, the project's so different too. So the fans are different, right? Like the fans are different. I'll always have my fans of like my friends and my family. But when it comes to fans, you know, like my my fans from the Blackstone are definitely not going to like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> like it's polar opposite, you know. I get you. Main marquee, but but still, that's still rock. It was always rock. Okay. So. All right. I want to uh, switch gears now and ask about uh, Velveteen Music because you mentioned them on a lot of your socials. Who are they and how did you get to working with them? So Velveteen Music, um, they're a studio and they're kind of a record label, but they're they're still working on that. So Brad uh, Simons, um, we used to kind of play like he's a lead guitarist. He's the guy that owns it. He's the lead producer on the stuff. Five years ago, we used to play a lot of shows together. Like it would be the odd show where he's playing for someone and the Blackstone's making noise on stage. He's a stupid talented dude, like stupid talented. He, uh, we, you know, we talked probably about seven years ago. I was like, man, I want to record with you. He's, it was when he first started recording people. And I was, I was like, I'd love to record with you one day. And it just never happened. Because I put music aside, life happened. I moved to Nashville and all that fun stuff. And it just never happened. So when I did decide, when I went through my shit and then decided I was going to record, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to work with Brad um, because I trusted him. You know, you got to really trust and have that relation. It's not to me. It's not just about going in to record a song. It's about vibe and the, and how you how you chip like how how everyone is and like having no ego putting all that shit aside and creating the best art you possibly can in the moment and i felt velveteen was the closest i'll ever get to that um because i trusted brett i trust his talent i trust his word you know um and because i was venturing into something i'd never done before you know i'd never really committed to to recording pop music so when i you know when i when i approached him i said this is my plan this is my vision i also want to have make sure that we have anyone that's on our team is in the same kind of vibe um i want us to have fun and i want to put out the best art possible and to me they were just the right they were the right fit i get along with everyone they're all super talented they're all like I know we have the Junos up here, the Juno Awards, and collectively, we, you know, uh, you know Brandon, who is one of the lead producers on my tracks, um, on the last two tracks, like sorry, Flawless, so the one coming out, and this one, he's nominated for two Junos this year. Brand uh, Bradley Simon, who is my bud, um, he's nominated for one, and then Brad, Mr. Bradley Brad Smith, who does the mastering, he's got nominated for two. So it was like, it was, a, again, we talked to a business, we go from the business side, like they checked all the boxes, right? Like I'm working with some guys that really know what they're doing. They're still growing and pushing themselves. And it's just an open space. So it was, it was just a no brainer and it still is a no brainer. I, I absolutely love working 
with those guys. We also have Randor that, that is in on the team as well. And honestly, we just, we shoot the shit, we have fun and then we get to work. And to me, that's what the studio is. Like we got it. It's kind of a balance. We have a good solid bounce balance approach. I go in, shoot the shit, hang out. I'll bring in some wine or some scotch or whatever I'm feeling that day. Um, we'll have fun. We'll have some laughs. And there's times where we're just fucking hard hunkering down and like, and just putting in the work. So it's not easy. Like there's times, um, you know, again, when it comes to these vocals, when I'm trying something new, I'm not hitting the notes properly. So it, and I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler to that. Like it bothers me to the point where I need to make sure that I can hit that note. Cause I don't want to do anything on the tracks that I can't do live, you know? And that's a big thing of pop, man. Still like it is a hard, it's a hard balance because you do, you're, I'm pushing myself in the studio. So it's just making sure that I can continue and grow. It's just a muscle, right? If you just keep working it, it's going to grow. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get better. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Jordan, man, this has been a lot of fun talking to you. Definitely loving the music you've got here. Of course, flawless. You mentioned that coming out later in June, but past that, what do you have down the road? Uh, down the road. So we're going to have flawless come out. Uh, I think we're kind of let that ride. We're pushing a lot of radar. I just got added to another two radio stations today. So we're pushing radio right now pretty hard. Um, so we'll see, we're hoping with, with stumble, we'll like, we should start seeing more radio stations, pick up stumble. Um, we'll do the same with, with, uh, flawless cause it's pretty radio friendly jam as well. Um, and then I plan on releasing another single early fall. I'm going to take a mini, I got to let my bank account kind of get a little, or my visa, not so much of a bank account. I got my visa needs to come down a bit. Um, but I'll put down, uh, put out another one, another single in, in early fall, um, like early, early fall, almost at the end of summer. And then either. I do another song late fall, no later than November, because no one wants to release anything unless I'm releasing Christmas shit. I'm not touching it, uh, which I probably won't. I'll be honest, <laughs> unless for some reason it gives me free money, and I did the two for a Christmas song. Then I'll. Do it. Yeah, um, it's an and easy then, sell, you know. It's the easy sell. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then January, um, January, February, I'll package everything, put it out with two, two new songs, repackage everything as an EP, and then go from there. And then start, because then I'll have something tangible. By then, I'll have all my merch kind of planned, all of my you know, tour and stuff kind of set up, all that kind of fun stuff for next year. Just kind of slowly creeping up on it so that when I do go on tour, I'm not, I've done the broke tour musician in a van and you know like i've lived in my van as well for a while when i was younger it's a whole nother story though but uh <laughs> but that's what i want to do i just want to make sure everything's kind of there and try to monetize on other things like nowadays you got to think outside of the box you talked about you talked about monetizing music it's so hard to monetize music nowadays so it's so different we can monetize anything so if you, you, you know, like to me, an artist, we can use, we can use our brand and we use our name, but there's so many different avenues to make money other than music. Once you have that established a bit, you know, so I almost started a, like a fashion line when I was in my twenties. So my thought process when it comes to like merch is like, I don't want it to be a typical 
band shirt with a fucking George Jones, you know, break my heart. Uh, however, I probably will have that, but that won't be the main direction. Like I actually want to have some like real clothes, you know, like something that people will wear and, and it doesn't necessarily need to be a billboard for me, you know, but, and that's where it's like, you can monetize by making videos. If you're at wine taste, you really like wine figure out to get a following and, and, you know, do the YouTube channel and start tasting wine and seeing how to grow that. There's so many different ways to monetize. And, and I think that's, and then we got NFTs nowadays, man, coming in pretty hard. So capitalizing on all that, I don't know enough about NFT and all that kind of, that's I'm old man. So like, that's something I'm learning. Uh, but I think capitalizing on that kind of stuff, you know, for next year, having everything kind of set up so that it's easier for me to step away from my nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, rather than being that broke ass musician busking on the streets, trying to, you know, for a slice of pizza, you know, like been there, done that. Don't want to do it again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, Jordan, man, once again, a lot of fun talking about this. Definitely, definitely looking forward to flawless. And for the folks at home, you go to uh, I am dot Jordan Jones on Instagram. Follow him there. Follow him on Spotify. Like his stuff. Share it. All that engagement helps like so much for kind of like building the brand and building the presence. And Jordan, and I am sure that we'll be talking uh, very soon down the road. Awesome, brother. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're very welcome. Hi, this is singer Kate Eppers, and you're listening to Citywide Blackout. And now it's break time. Enjoy Break My Heart, one of the recent singles by Jordan Jones. And when we come back, I'm talking to Boston's Jen Kearney. Recently, Jen was on a two-year tour of the UK and London, which served as part of the inspiration for her new EP, Atlantic. We talk about her experiences overseas, as well as the sound of the EP, a sampler of sorts for an album coming out later this year. Been ripping off my bonds, baby, trying to wake my mind. I want to see you. I've had a breakthrough. I want to share this with you. Trying to see your eyes, but I just see blue No, you don't bleed through Why'd you have to be so cruel? Girl, I had to move on slow I still love you 
shit got crazy, baby I barely got through And that's the truth I almost killed myself over you My next guest, if you live in Boston, if you're part of the music scene, you know the name. Jen Kearney joins me. She has a new EP out called Atlantic and quite amazing story that began back in 2018. But before we go into that, Jen, welcome to the show. It's so cool to have you here. And I'm kind of surprised we never did this before. I know. Me too. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And I'm happy it's sunny out, like you said. Yes, yes. It's actually it's nice. I know. Like, like I look at windows like, oh, it's it's not dark out. Weird. Yeah, it's literally a bright spot. In the mo- yeah, for sure. You know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so so you've got this new EP out, Atlantic, which is an yeah. absolutely amazing collection of music. But the story that Thank goes you. into this thing go- uh, begins back in 2018 when you were on yeah. tour in the UK and uh, London area for about two yeah. years. How did that mm-hmm. happen? Because that's, cause that's such a cool experience, I'm sure. Yeah, I actually... Um... It kind of goes back to 2006, to be honest, because um, I was on this site. I'm totally dating myself, but whatever. It's the way it is. What it is, uh, CD Baby. Do you remember that? Oh yes, like, I do. Very. It fondly. was like the first. Yeah, it was like the first online place you could buy CDs, and um, <laughs> and so I put my CD on there uh, long ago, back in 2006. One of the first ones I did, and um, uh, this guy in England was like the programmer for this. Craig Charles Funk and Soul show on BBC six and found my disc and like loved it and asked me for it. And his name was Snowboy. That's his nickname. Um, Mark Crotgrove is his name, but he um, he's a Latin jazz percussionist, but he also was this program director. So he got all my CDs and like would play them in rotation on this Funk and Soul show that's on BBC six. And then as years progressed, I would just send him whatever album I released and, um, 
he would love it. And, you know, so he ended up covering two of my more like Latin jazz kind of songs because he's a Latin percussionist and has like a nine piece huge band that's really famous over there called Snowboy in the Latin section. So he recorded in about, I guess, 2016 or so, uh, two of my songs on his album and then flew me over there in 2017 to tour. And it just went so well. And like, I made so many connections and, you know, played bigger clubs and stuff that I just decided when I got back in 2018 to just go back and see what happens, you know? So wow. that's what I did. Yeah. I just bounced over there. <laughs> like you for, could do that. For just, you know, for just, you know, a couple of years, you know, no big deal. Yeah. How well, you... it was a lot. It was a lot more work than that, but yeah. Oh yeah, yeah of course, of sure. course. Yeah. And I'm actually curious about about the work that goes into making something like this happen. I mean, like a two year tour. There's, yeah. there's so much to consider. It's not just like a week or two. You got to consider just how you're going to survive for two years. Yeah, I mean, I just did the same thing over there that I did here, which was arranged to teach uh, music, you know, as like sort of the day job. And then, but you on the visa I was on, you could only do. It was an artist visa, so you can only do music if you work at like a supermarket or anything else. You can get in a lot of trouble with the uh, home office over there. Um, so I just made it work. I, you know, I had some connections and friends, and so I had some really good gigs and um, and kind of a band over there that I had I had I had toured opening for Snowboy with some of his bands. So I just kind of grabbed those guys and like booked a bunch of gigs, and then just would teach you know, kids and adults like I do here uh, during the day and just everything I could possibly do, little gigs everywhere. Yeah, so. You make hustling. it sound so easy, you know, like, like, like well, you really make it sound, yeah. or, or maybe not easy is the right it word, wasn't. but you make it sound like casual. You make it sound very, like, matter of fact, second nature. Yeah, no, it, it definitely was not, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad it seems like it was, I mean, it was a gargantuan effort for sure, but it was kind of like also I just knew and I, it was at a time in my life where I just felt like it's kind of now or never. And this is such a like graduate program for your soul for like growing, you know? So I just have to go kind of experience this and live in a foreign country and see what, you know? And, and yeah, so I, and I'm kind of spontaneous like that, whether that's a good thing or not, but just like, I'm just going to go do this and, you know, kind of like worry about what happens later, <laughs> you know? I think it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing because yeah. I think if you overthink it too much, you never would have gone. You've been like, oh, what could oh, happen? Oh, never. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know, years ago I had day jobs in cubicles and I took the plunge to say, like, I got to quit this and just do music full time. So, you know, I've I've taken all these kinds of plunges before and I just I think it's always been worth it. So this one was was truly also worth it as hard as it was as well. You mentioned earlier that it was like a graduate program for the soul. So did this really like stand out from your your uh, your past plunges? Yeah, because, you know, I've never lived in a completely foreign country on my own with really not any, uh, I don't know, I mean, support system that you have at home, you know, as far as, I mean, I had friends over there, but not, not anybody I'd want to like burden too much with, you know what I mean? So it's just, you're sort of on your own and figure it out, you know, like figure out this uh, visa thing and figure out this like, you know, crazy, just we, we, you know, I heard from people over there that kind of the common joke was we, we both have the same language across the pond, but it's such a different, like, that's about all we have in common, really, you know, like other than 
watching each other's shows and music and things. I mean, it is essentially a foreign country. Luckily, it's English speaking, so it's a little easier. But it's, you know, in essence, it's still like, you know, you're 3,800 miles away from home and across an ocean. So, yeah, definitely. Growth, growth has to happen. <laughs> oh yeah, and and in that situation, I think it's it's going to be like really like big growth. But what would you say was like the best and maybe the most challenging part of doing this? Um, the best was I I definitely got to play some amazing shows that um, you know I kind of had like a, a foot in the door going over there. So I played at like clubs like Ronnie Scott's and um, big huge festivals over there that were you know, thousands of people. So it was just like kind of this like step up and, um, and you're sort of a little exotic being from America over there, you know, a little bit. So it's like, a, it's a little, um, it just was, it was nice to feel momentum in the career part of it for sure. Challenges were definitely like, uh, I mean, just, it was challenging to afford the dollar is not, you know, it's not, not equal to the pound. And, um, so, you know, it was, it was, um, and I, I had some, some visa issues. I was, I was scheduled to come home and the home office had kept my passport for like an extra three months because they were reviewing it. So there were things like that, that just like kind of, you know, throws your whole world off kilter a little bit more, even though you're already kind of off over there. So, yeah, I mean, and then everyday challenge, you know, everyday life, just whatever normal challenges there are, it's kind of a little bit amplified i'd say when you're figuring it out somewhere else you know definitely and i think that that, yeah. that that is the only like situation where someone from boston would ever be considered exotic yeah i know right <laughs> and i just i i would try to like i would try to like you know turn on the the sort of like really heavy accent for them and they were just kind of like oh well it just sounds like you're irish and i'm like all right well yeah, Good enough. Good enough. I guess I guess that's true. I guess it's kind of like an Irish brogue, but way less graceful, right? I think way less graceful. Ben Affleck said, that. Yeah. way less graceful." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, All right. Yeah. Now, this may be a bit of a tricky question, but any standout shows in in oh yeah, definitely uh, Ronnie Scotts is like they're they're a really famous jazz club, and I played there probably six times or something, and it's it's just kind of thrilling to. To play there every time and one of the times uh we played i think thundercat was in the audience and like jennifer hudson so people just like show up there because it's just this really cool swanky soho place and um yeah it was just it's just kind of a thrill to be on that stage it's really legendary and um and i had a friend in in snowboy's band that was the she was a saxophone player in jules holland's uh, big band. So I went to like one of their rehearsals and stuff. Yeah. So it was just kind of like things like that were just really pretty thrilling to be like, wow, you yeah. know, this, this is cool. <laughs> Did so. you get the chance to meet any artists that, that you've been like a long time fan of over there? Um, One of the gigs that, um, we did was opening for Terry Reed, which I understand. The funny, I, I wasn't like really, I wouldn't say I know much of his music, but I thought the story was pretty interesting and that he was pretty like handled it well. And that story is that he turned down being asked to be in Led Zeppelin. <laughs> I know as the lead singer. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, but he seemed pretty like well adjusted and okay with it. I mean, obviously it was a long time ago. He's an older man now, and I think he had a pretty good 
story career on his own, but still, you know, it's like, wow. You got to um, wonder, like, what if he had said yeah. yes? Oof. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really meet anybody that, uh, you know, um, I've been, like, listening to all my life and that is super famous, like Paul McCartney or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, I met a lot of really cool people in the business that, um, you know, I just, yeah, it was it was just a cool place to be for sure. Yeah. Definitely. How would you yeah. say that experience changed you either as a person or as an artist? I mean, I don't think you have a choice. You, you, if you sort of reposition yourself and all your perspective like that, you, gee, there's no doubt, you know, unless you're like a robot, we just talked about creepy robots a minute ago, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I don't think you can not grow if you kind of put yourself out there like that. Um, not much choice. So I guess, um, yeah, like having to adapt to a different culture and rhythm. And I mean, it was funny because it was kind of this like shell shock. Like when I got there, I was like, wow, I, if I open my mouth, I'm so different. I mean, London's pretty cosmopolitan. So it's, but still, you still sort of like, hey, where are you, you know, like, <laughs> are you Canadian or American? And, um, at times I wanted to lie and say I was Canadian, but because Donald Trump was still president at the time. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Did, <laughs> yeah. Did that, but, uh, did that like come up a lot for you? Did people kind of like ask you? It like, did. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, of course I was, you know, I mean, most of the people I was hanging out with were pretty liberal people because musicians, you know, and artists, but um, yeah, it was, it was, it was something else. And so you're kind of this, you know, you're just sort of like thrust into this whole different culture. And like, I got so used to hearing a British accent that when I came home, it was, it was also a shell, you know, it was like, you're just a little shocked at first and kind of, you have to just like sort of give yourself a few weeks to kind of acclimate to the whole different rhythm, you know, whole different climate as far as even just going outside and it's a little bit more, you know, drizzly over there or whatever. So yeah, it's just, just it's interesting, you know. After two yeah. years, did you ever think of just staying there for good? Well, yeah, it's a little more complicated than you'd think. Um, you basically, the artist visa that I was on lasts for two years exactly. And then you kind of have to get out and figure out whether you're going to come back on the same kind of visa um, or go for this, you know, Basically, there's a there's like a more complex visa that you can go for five years over there. And then if you want, after the five years, you can become a citizen, which I don't know that I, um, you know, would permanently head over there. But um, I considered it. I, tr I was trying to get that visa as I left in. I literally left January 8th of 2020 to come home and, and got home and then. You know, March. Yeah, the world was wow. Uh, shut. <laughs> Good timing. Yeah. Good timing. Right. Yeah. I guess it was because honestly, it would have been hard to to be over there, um, locked in lockdown like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Because to... because like you know we have of course had the shutdown here, but you could still go places. You could like nothing was stopping you from getting in a car and just like driving somewhere. But yeah, over there, total lockdown. Like. Yeah, and I I you know I mean with no artistic work over there it was like what would i have done so yeah i'm i'm grateful that it you know not that i'm i'm it, it's horrible that it happened at any time but i'm glad i got home i guess right before something like that exactly went down now yeah. now all this i know kind of factored into atlantic like you know the last these mm -hmm. last, like, few years everything you experienced 
was really kind of a right. part of making Atlantic happen, but how so? I mean, I was just writing a lot when I was there, obviously being inspired by a new place. And um, I mean, I'm kind of always songwriting. I don't, I'm not the fastest at it. I tend to like come up with a lot of ideas, but not necessarily finish them, you know, and um, just a lot of fragments of lyrics and stuff. But I really came up with some, some stuff that I, that I really liked. And I sort of chose, you know, two to kind of like really hone in on and then two from here that I also honed in on and and that's why it's called Atlantic because I you know I just felt like it was like it was just such a in both cases it was kind of extreme you know to be over there and like I said this whole growth experience and it's kind of went by fast and two years and it's a whirlwind and then come home and then there's this huge pandemic and you know, home's all different and I'm, I'm trying to scramble to get my life back. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it, I guess I just chose the four songs that were the most, um, I guess, finish one thing, but, but also sort of reflective of what's gone down. Ah, yes. <laughs> now this EP is almost like a sampler of sorts because you're going to be releasing a yeah. full length LP later on this year. Um, yeah. Will the two be kind of in the same ballpark or are we talking polar opposites? Well, I think I'm going to put the same, the four songs on the LP also. So it's, it'll be like an extension of, of the theme. Um, and, you know, a lot, like I said, it's a lot of the songs are, are pretty finished, but probably need some tweaking. And then obviously I need to get back in the studio and, and get that all done. So, yeah. So um, I think it'll just be, following a theme as I, I, I can't write an album. That's just sort of like a bunch of singles. I've, n I've never been that kind of person. Like it always kind of follows a bit of a theme, you know? So, so how do you approach like the writing process, given that the album isn't, isn't, isn't just going to be, as you said, a bunch of singles. I mean, I feel like the, the lyrics and things that I have fragments of are sort of, you know, um, whenever you're writing stuff at a certain point of your life, I feel like it's kind of like frozen in amber of that period of your life. So it's kind of ends up being a snapshot where the, whether you intend it to or not. And so it ends up being a cohesive thing. And I think in the case of, um, you know, at least it's this EP, it's kind of, it's taken on this whole like ocean, some of the lyrics and things ended up being sort of oceanic and, um, so I don't, I, you know, I don't, uh, I don't really limit myself to say like, it has to all, you know, it's not, it, um, I have written a concept album in the past, but this, I'm not really like approaching this one that, that way, but I, I do love bands like Pink Floyd and, and, you know, people that would, will do a whole real storyline and, and theme and concept album, you know, so I, I do love that. I'm a sucker for that. So, uh, so I can't say how I will do it but I, it just sort of always ends up like that <laughs> you know i get you i get you for All me right. anyway yeah All right. so like a lot of artists you have been getting back on stage recently you played um yeah. a, a release show at the burn on march 6th uh, following following the release of atlantic and burns one, one of my yeah. favorite places i absolutely love that spot is that like a common go-to for you when it comes to your shows Yes, I love that place. I absolutely love the people that run it. Like Tom Bianchi is one of my favorite humans and his wife, Danielle, are like, they're just like family to me. So that room just feels like home and I just love the vibe in there. So yeah, that was a, that was a different, um, definitely a, the first choice. Was it, uh, was this your first show since COVID? 
No, actually, we started, um, we played a couple of like the weird, crazy masked uh, behind plexiglass shows back in like November, I would say, of 2020. And then, um, so just like a few scattered things. And then we had a little residency in Waltham last June, I would say. We started really ramping back up. So I guess I've been playing sort of regularly, not not crazy since about last summer. Wow. Yeah. 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 How did it feel to get uh, back on stage again? Great. I mean, people were just, uh, you know, it was like a burst of joy, you know, for, mm-hmm. for us all to be out there like that. Um, it's still one of those things where it's like you, in the back of your head now, there's just like this little, uh, you know, like a little bit of a just apprehension, I suppose, as far as, you know, like how long are we going to be able to do this? You know, (laughs) so we better sort of do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been great. And I just hope we can, we can, uh, you know, beat all the variants into at least submission enough that, you know, boosters and vaccines are, will stabilize the situation and Mm -hmm. live music can, I mean, it seems like it's pretty, pretty booming out there. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and of course, the news yeah. of the day is that you no longer have to wear a mask for traveling by like plane or right. train. It's That's all lifted now. Yeah. So I think right. uh, we're going to see maybe some more folks kind of getting out there, seeing their bands on tour, kind of following them around, like you know, like you do. Right. Like the olden days. The yeah. olden days. Yes, we, we can definitely talk about the <laughs> olden days. The olden days of uh, right. CD Baby and MySpace. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I know both. <laughs> Yeah. Gather around, children, as I tell you the yeah. dark days before Facebook. <laughs> there was a man named Tom, and he had... And he yeah. was everyone's friend. <laughs> right. You he always... was sitting at a computer. You can always right. count on Tom. Yeah. Oh, um, man. Good, good old Tom. Good old reliable Tom. Yep. Um, yep. Well, speaking of reliable, like, do you feel that that we're in a place now where you, uh, where you can like plan things like a multi-show tour or plan say for like uh, the fall now? I mean, I feel like I'm just going to do those things. And if they end up having to be, I mean, it's kind of like everything in the world is just sort of TBA, you know, I guess, to, or TBD, you know, to be determined. Um, so yeah, I just think it's, you know, we just kind of have to come at it with the mentality of like, well, let's, let's get back out there and see, you know, obviously as safely as we can keep everything, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's just book the shows as as always and, you know, hope that at that time it's it's going to happen, you know. Um, so that's the approach I'm I'm taking is just to keep keep getting on the on the road, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Now, um, going back a bit to Atlantic, um, I'm curious, like like musically do you feel like you went in any new directions with this one i did yeah for sure definitely um especially songs like the magician which i wrote in london i just sort of had this whole like beatles inspiration of using a mellotron and some synths on that which i i I don't think i've ever really put synth on anything and um it's pretty synth heavy that song um and yeah just um i I've been sort of listening to a lot of like, you know, newer artists that I just think are doing insanely cool things with, um, you know, like people like Corey Henry and um, 
that, that are just like these sort of jazzers. So they're using these like really sophisticated chord progressions and, and movements of the way they will put songs together. So I just, I don't know, I feel like I've been a little bit more inspired to be a little more adventurous with how to write songs, how to approach the format. And yeah, and again, I mean, I think living in a different place, it just you're just bound to kind of come away with this kind of like, there's just a different vibe. I can't really explain it. It's one of those like visceral things that, you know, you're just, when you're over in England, you feel this way. <laughs> when you're over in America, you feel this way, you know, it's just very different. And so I think it just kind of came out naturally. Have you always uh, been that way when it comes to releasing like new music? Do you try and sort of, you know, try something different or go with like a different route for like the different albums? Yeah. I mean, I just think that, um, I mean, no one likes to stagnate on the same thing. Like, you know, I think, uh, you should always sound like you, but I think, um, yeah, I, I don't know. My, just for me, I'm always kind of like, wow, how does that work? Or what, what's that, you know? Um, I, so I just, I, I guess in this case, yeah, I was really, it, there was a lot of curiosity and, um, just sort of trying to push myself a little bit out of some comfort zones, you know, and um, just being a little bit more adventurous with everything overall, I would say. All right. All right. Yeah. What's next for you? Of course, we talked about the new LP coming out uh, later this year, but what do you have planned for like your summer? Um, we just have a few scattered shows. I'm really working on trying to get, uh, you know, it's been hard to kind of gauge what to do because it's sort of just sort of, I feel like it's sort of opened all back up like so suddenly. And um, I don't really have any like staff, like I don't have a booking agent or it's all me. <laughs> so, um, so it's, yeah, like just trying to to figure out some shows we can do around. Uh, so I'm sort of more focusing, I guess, on whatever shows come up for the summer. Great. I'm hoping I can, you know, if there, if I can sneak into any festivals at this point, those get booked up pretty early, but again, I don't know. I don't know what this year is like, and it seems like there's a lot of makeup shows. So I don't know that getting into something like that is like feasible necessarily. So we don't have a ton booked, but I think um, I'm focusing on kind of like the fall and, and the end of the year uh, with the release of the, of the new stuff. So I'll probably be, a combination of playing some shows pretty locally east coast tours kind of thing and then getting in the studio and finishing up that and then focusing on you know sort of late this year next year mm -hmm. now you mentioned yeah. that you do your own your own uh, booking and certainly that's always a challenge yeah. um yeah but is it kind of a old hat for you because you've been doing this for like a little while now you kind of like know everyone yeah um, I don't know, because those, the like, I was away for two years, and it does seem like there's been some changing of the guard. So I wouldn't say, you know, I don't think you can ever take it for granted that you just sort of rest on those connection laurels. But yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm brand new to the whole thing. So, um, you know, um, old hat, I guess, in some senses, but also totally new navigation at the moment, like, because none of us, you know, everybody's vying for for gigs right now, and some venues have closed, some are re some are new ones are opening, and so it's just kind of like a, you know, I'm just trying not to to feel like 
I have to scramble too, too much at the moment. I'm just kind of trying to roll with it and, uh, you know, just book things logically. And I also have like, you know, five or six amazing bandmates that I got to consider their schedules and figure that out. And so, you know, it's always a lot of logistics. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I actually yeah. want to get your take on the changes. Of course, uh, like you said, we have seen some places close and we have seen some places open. Um, right. What was your reaction when you first saw places like uh, Great Scott when they like like when they announced that they were uh, closing down? Yeah, I mean, just really a sadness because I, I I come from the Boston that still had TT the Bears and you know you played there and you played the Middle East you played Great Scott you played you know um, so yeah a lot of places I feel like it's it's always heartbreaking when they when they close, but especially for this reason, it was just such a bummer that some places couldn't reopen. And there is this amazing, I, I really hope um, Wally's, which is in, you know, Wally, yeah, it's kind of like the, where Berkeley kids kind of like cut their teeth in jazz and funk and everything else. And, you know, a lot of my friends and some of my bandmates have played residencies there. And I, I hope that, I think that they're okay. I just, I don't know if they're going to reopen anytime soon, soon. So but yeah, um, if yeah, I mean it's it's been really hard to see some of those legendary places mm-hmm. go down. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, do you think you had an impact on the Boston scene? I hope so. I have no idea. You know, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> what do you think that might be? My impact on on the Boston scene? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I hope you know. Um, that's a great question. I, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't know. Um, what impact do you hope to have with your music in general on any scene? You know, it's just uh, connecting with the audience. That's my main reason for anything. I mean, I'm not the kind of person that will go and like play just thinking like, okay, cool. We're like background music and we're just going to get this paycheck at the end. I'm like, so like, oh, I hope you're, I hope these lyrics are hitting you. I hope this music is moving you, you know, like that's where I kind of come from and why I do it. So I hope that's, you know, impactful for people listening. I don't know. I I hope, I don't think that's a question for me, (laughs) you know, I guess. Hmm. All right. All right. All right. Well, Jen, uh, definitely great talking to you. And certainly I'm loving Atlantic, folks. If you haven't been checking it out, definitely give it a listen. Four amazing songs and and much more to come. Uh, You have shows um, um, happening later on in the summer. And you can check all this out at Jen Kearney, K-E-A-R-N-E-Y dot com. Uh, Follow her Mm -hmm. socials, follow her on Spotify, all the platforms. Engagement is a huge help. And uh, yes. Jen, hopefully we'll be, uh, you know, get the chance to uh, talk some more soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me on. Okay, everyone, that brings this episode to a close. Big thanks to Jordan and Jen for joining me. And definitely check out their work. Their music is so very, very cool. You can follow the show on Facebook under Citywide Blackout and Twitter and Instagram under Citywide Max. Get at me at citywidemax at yahoo.com and check out this show wherever you find podcasts, as well as every Saturday at 10 p.m. on Boston Free Radio. To close things out, I've got Writing on Water, one of the singles from Jen Kearney's EP, Atlantic. As always, keep those ears open.
wind is strong today. 